1: Hello, everybody, and
0: thanks for listening to the Animal Files podcast. We have another guest. Yay, we love having our guests. We have Teresa Lowe's. She is from Freya Wellness Massage, and she likes to focus on the freshest approach to holistic health as possible, which we're all on board with. If you listen to us long enough, you kind of know we like the holistic route, so It's really a great opportunity to have her on the show and talk to us about what she does. She does work with animals, so that's an even plus bonus. Yay! We love that. So I'm going to send it over
1: to Miranda. Take it away. Yes, welcome, Teresa. I'm glad that you agreed to come onto our show and share all your knowledge and your wisdom and all the benefits of massage that you provide. You had mentioned earlier that you had been in the field of IT and then transitioned into becoming a massage therapist. What led to that transition?
2: I started actually in social work. Oh, so I have my, I have a degree in social work and I made the mistake and I wanted to help people a lot, but I found out that I burnt out really quick because you can't help everyone all the time. And I was taking home a lot of that stuff and I wasn't well for myself. So I stepped away from social work and went to IT for 15 years. And then once we moved out to Calgary, it was the, I really want to help people again, but I don't want to take home all their stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to keep myself healthy as well as my clients. Mm -hmm. So my husband was joking one day and said, you know what, you should become a massage therapist. And I thought, you know, that's not actually a bad idea. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty nice. Cause I can treat people and I can leave them at the door. And then I go into the next person. I can help many, many people.
0: And that's a true version of living a holistic life, taking your own self-care into mind mm-hmm. and moving from that space. A lot of people forget about that. And it's so important and what's even important is we have to really focus on that all of the
1: time mm.
0: doesn't matter what you're doing what industry you're doing is putting yourself first because of that whole adage you can't pour from an empty cup
2: mm. exactly you it also you know what you can't help people heal if you're not healing yourself in mm. between exactly like if you have not- nothing to give anymore then there's not enough for someone Mm -hmm. to take. So, and I like that reciprocal
1: part Mm -hmm. of a holistic living, Mm -hmm. really. I'm sure there's still massage therapists out there though, who also haven't found that balance. And they're still all so busy giving the care to everyone else and neglecting themselves.
2: Mm -hmm. And you know what? I used to be like when I first started, because I'm kind of this all or nothing kind of person. I like to do as many things as possible. I like to be involved. I liked. It's like, oh my god, you asked me to do the interview. It's like, oh my god, I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, And it's the and I send like three emails. It's it's, then I start telling everyone. So when I first started massage, I would treat as many people as possible because I'm thinking, okay, I can now save the world through massage. And then COVID hit, Mm. and I realized I have to take care of myself, or I'm going to end up with an illness, something I can't get out of. And I want to be able to take care of myself, my family, my clients, because they're quite important to me. And so I have to be healthy for them. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took a step back and I was working in one of those clinics where it's like, okay, I'm going to see eight people a day. I'm going to work six days a week. Mm -hmm. And it was very healthy. So I took a step back and that's when I opened up Freya and I had a lot more control and able to do what I wanted to do and treat the way I wanted to treat, not just like pumping clients out through the door. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all about the money I was making. It was the good I was doing. Yeah. And that's
1: yeah. a
0: true representation of a true healer. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, my opinion.
2: <laughs> and that's what I like to do. I like to heal. I like to, you know, it's nothing, nothing's better than having a client come in saying they're broken and they leave and they, you fixed at least one thing for them. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to fix everything. If you fix small things, it's just little pieces of the puzzle. Mm. And then as you fix one thing, you can fix the next. And then you go step by step. And that's one thing I really like about massage because it's the, I'm going to have to see you. It's a treatment. It's not just, oh, come in. I'll fix everything. I'll heal you. It's the, I'm going to massage you. We're going to get you going again, but I'm also going to give you stretches. I'm going to give you suggestions. I'm going to say, how do you stand at work? How, how do you sit at your desk? Or what kind of mouse are you using? Like stuff like that, because I have that experience mm-hmm. and I can offer suggestions to make their life
1: just a little
2: bit better. That's what I like about doing massage.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, we had talked before that that was something I felt really impressed with was the fact that you seem to have this intuitive ability. It's not, you know, just the training that you received at massage school and oh, okay, well, just complete application of the training, you are able to, from what I recall, look at the person and be able to get an idea of what is going on with them because they'll come in. I think you said they come in for one particular problem and then you notice that it's something else that they need help with. Mm -hmm. That's one thing about
2: massage. When someone comes in and they say, oh, my shoulder hurts. That's actually just a symptom of what's actually happening. So my approach is actually treating the cause. So I'm going to actually massage that shoulder. I'm going to make that feel better for you. But I'm also going to investigate and see, well, is it actually your hip that's causing that shoulder to go out of place? Or I do cranial sacral. So it might be your head that's actually out of place, causing your neck out of place, causing the shoulder to to hurt. Like you kind of have to, okay, where is it actually coming from? Because usually it's not just a shoulder that hurts. It's something, something else. Mm-hmm. And it's something repetitive that you're doing, something that you're doing. And sometimes it's even I've had a client come in, and it's that like, my shoulder sore every time I drive. Well, what do you do with your shoulder? Well, I set it up on top of my my window when I'm driving <laughs> and I do long drives, like two, three hours. It's like well, that's probably why your shoulder hurts. And and sometimes people don't put that together until like you're actually talking to them saying, okay, when do you notice this? What do you see? But most of the time, like I can feel a fair bit of where the tension's coming from because that's the body shows you mm-hmm. where it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's go to the name of your business, Freya Wellness Massage. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> um,
2: it's a funny story, actually. Uh, Freya Wellness is the Norse god of health, wellness, and fertility. We found this because I actually got to name my husband's business and his business is Ostrich Technologies. (laughs) Named it ostrich because I like ostriches. I think they're (laughs) funny animals and they run really fast, but they're kind of goofy looking and the wings go. It makes me laugh. So... I got to name his business and then he named my business and he says he's part, I think he has a Norse background in some, some way. And I think a great, 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 great grandmother. And he says, you know what? This fits perfectly with what you do. So I do health, wellness, and fertility. I do fertility massage. So some women, I will actually see from the point that they want to conceive to when they conceive all the way to the end when they have their babies and then after. And then we start the cycle usually all over again. But I deal with clients that have problems with fertility. So I do a fertility massage and it includes regular massage, craniosacral lymphatic drainage, reflexology, visceral manipulation, which is stomach massage most women because we spend a lot of time sitting down in office chairs and or driving the uterus actually lays back I can actually pop it forward mm, nice and mm. yeah so and then that puts the, the body in the best possible chance of getting pregnant and I have great success with it.
0: That's quite a niche. Mm.
2: yeah I, I don't ever guarantee anything because nothing in life is guaranteed mm-hmm. but I can say, you know what I'll put you in the best possible position. So, if you're going to get pregnant, you will. I love that. I don't ever promise anything in any of my massages because, you know, I don't know what you do in your spare time. I don't know something's going to happen or you're just not meant to get pregnant. I, like, I can't guarantee any of that stuff. So, I just say, you know what? I'll put you in the best possible place. And most of the time, I'm, I think I tracked it the other day and I'm at a 68%. Oh, good. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'm actually pretty happy with that. Mm. Like, I, I had two that just had babies that had been trying for over five years. They had babies in December and I've got to see both those babies now no. and the moms come yes. back. I love little babies. <laughs> and then, and I have two that just did fertility and they're pregnant right No, three that are pregnant right now. And they're due at the end of this month, well, soon, Mary, and then May and June. So oh, it sounds like
0: Freya is a perfect name for your company. <laughs> it yeah. is
2: a perfect name. Yeah. I like to do different things because you never know what a client is going to need. So I say I do all these things for the fertility massage, but if a client doesn't need it, I don't do it. And or if they need something else, I suggest something else. Or can we try this?
0: Like a catered approach.
2: Yeah. Cause even my relaxation massages are not just a relaxation massage. It's always about, okay, what do you need from this massage? What, what do you hope to gain? And I'm always about the client client, very client centric and wanting to treat the client and what they want because it's a service and I want to provide the best possible service because there's nothing worse than going for a massage and not getting satisfied by it because massage is not cheap. And you want to make sure that these people are, are satisfied. And I want to make sure that I can do the best possible. And I give a hundred percent. And that's why I know so many different types of massage, because I like the ability to switch it up. If something's not working for a client, I like the ability to switch it. And say, okay, let's try this. Mm. And I, I'm quite open with my clients. And the ones that have been seeing me forever, they know that they'll come in and say, okay, this is me. Just fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay.
1: And
2: so I don't care what you do. Just fix it. And most of the
1: time I can make them feel better. And that's my main goal. Mm, I love that. So when they come in, when it's a first time client and they come in, they will say that they want a specific type of massage? Most of the time. Okay. And then you'll just switch it depending on what you find out that they need afterwards.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if they say, okay, I just want you to fix my hip. I get in there, I start fixing their hip. It's like, "Um, is it possible that we can go down your legs or... Can we do legs a little bit more because there's something there that's stopping your hip from moving. Mm -hmm. I communicate with the clients as we go along. If a client's sleeping and they just want relaxation, I just let them sleep because sometimes sleep is what they need. Mm-hmm. I have one client; he comes in for a two-hour massage and then he says, "Just fix me," <laughs> and then he falls asleep. And it's like deep tissue massage, and like I have my elbows in him, but he just <laughs> snores the whole time. So I figure, I figure, you know what? He just needs to sleep, and that's okay.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you've got a whole bunch of different massages that you do for humans and you started off with humans only to begin with right and then exactly
2: so I went through school just for humans mm-hmm. and then things changed
1: yeah <laughs> things
2: changed <laughs> COVID hit that's what happened yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so as a massage therapist as when COVID hit we were shut down for three months and um so we thought oh we're gonna adopt a dog so what I did we adopted a, an ex-RCMP police dog that had hip issues and she was eight years old and they said she only has about six months to live and we don't want her to be in a crate for the rest of her life and I said I'll take her because you don't want to see a dog in a crate for the rest no. of their life especially when they've done their service they've done their time they're a veteran they they deserve our respect and you know what they protect people they protect civilians and they protect their officer that they work with so it's like oh, I'll take her She's like this big German shepherd. And she had like drool coming out of her mouth (laughs) and these big ears and beady eyes. And it's like, yeah, I'll take the sweet thing. Yeah. So (laughs) I took her to my vet. My vet says, oh, we can fix her. Because my vet, of course, is one of my clients. And she says, so here, you take this canine massage course. You do massage. I'll do chiropractic on her. Oh, we'll get her off the pain medications and... We'll extend her life past the six months that they were saying. And it's like, okay, seems like a good thing to do. I'm not doing anything else right now. I'm off work, so I can dedicate to my dog. And within, I'd say, th- three, four months, she, was, she didn't want to take the pills anymore. So I stopped giving them to her. She was walking. She was jumping. She climbed stairs. When we got her, she couldn't even climb stairs. And we, we'd had to like, lift her back in to get her to move. And, and then it's like, oh, massage works. And then, so I started practicing on my daughter's service dog, because that would be normal tissue because it was a healthy dog and normal, and I could feel the structure. Okay. So I know what bad feels like, and I know what good feels like, because the issue with dogs is they can't tell you what hurts really. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to feel and find it because it could be almost any muscle in that dog's body that's causing that dysfunction, that pain, that discomfort. Dogs don't communicate that they just hurt and shut down. So it's all about trying to find it. And I found with the canine massages actually helped my human because the dogs can't tell me, so I'm having to feel. And now I'm finding I'm actually able to do that with humans too, because I'm doing it so much with dogs. Like during COVID, the neighbor's dogs would come over and I'd say, here, can I massage them? And I was massaging dogs and they'd say, oh, can we pay you for that? Sure. <laughs> so during COVID, because my association had shut me down completely from treating humans, my association says, well, dogs aren't covered under us. You can continue working on dogs. Great deal. So during COVID, I shut down for three months. Oh, two of those months, I was working on neighbor's dogs and friend's dogs and still making a living. Well, during COVID, and it was like, okay, let's just refocus here what are we doing <laughs> I love that yeah like it just it worked out really well and you know what it's it's made my human practice so much more stable and I get to pet dogs and for a <laughs> living. And it, it, I'm
0: there's sure there's nothing. a bit of intuition building there too because there you're is. working with animals like you said they can't tell you what hurts And you're using your, you know, your sensitive touch, you're using the palpation, but I'm sure you've also been able to build your intuition around that Yeah. because of so many dogs you've worked on, you can sense, okay, now I'm feeling this, but I'm also like, you know, internally feeling this and you can kind of create a truly holistic approach to both the human and the animals.
2: Definitely, definitely. I I think it has, because dogs do communicate, and -hmm. they put out their emotions and their feelings, and they broadcast them pretty frequently. You know when a dog's happy, you know when a dog's sad, you know when they're angry. And the emotion, so I feel it more when I've actually helped them and solved it the joy that comes from a dog or even a cat is fantastic because they just have that energy about them and they don't ever say thank you of course but you know what you get that thank you. Well they do
0: in their little kitty and puppy way. <laughs> they do
2: like you get get a lick here yeah, and there. Right. Like the, like there's there's some dogs like they know what I'm around because my daughter has a service dog she's an, the service dog community so what i do is to give back to that community i have a couple of massage or a couple handlers that i kind of take turns with saying okay you look sore your dogs probably sore because they work all the time let me massage them and i'll massage you too and i just do it for free because a lot of those people that do have the service dogs have a disability. It stops them from working. They have the low income
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's my way of giving back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? We all has to give back sometimes mm-hmm. and you know, you give back and you receive, like it's, it's that kind of holistic thinking. It's the, okay, I'm going to do something good for someone and then I'm going to feel good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It. Yeah. But I have a couple of dogs that will see me in the mall and they're true service dogs. They're hundred percent certified, but as soon as they see me, they break so fast. It's not even funny. They're like all <laughs> over. If it, I swear they could smell me in the mall. It's funny. They probably can. <laughs> yeah, It's funny because I have dogs like, oh, look, you're in the same store as me all of a sudden. like, Why are you in here? Well, this is where the dog went. Oh, it's for me. <laughs> 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 it's funny because they will actually turn around and back up. So then I'll work on their hips or they'll, they'll tell me where the sore now, or they'll Give me their paw, or they'll. It's funny. It's it's like oh, so sweet. Or it is sweet. Some of them like they get headaches, so they'll give me their heads and oh Yeah, mm. it's funny.
1: It's so cute. <laughs> so what happens? Because I mean, like you said, an animal can't verbally tell you what's going on. What happens if an animal doesn't want you to touch them? Either haven't given you permission, or it's maybe too painful for them to touched in a particular area how do you respond to that
2: one thing I do with dogs and I I do it with like small children too like ones that can't communicate like babies and such I always ask permission because they do have a soul they do have rights and they sometimes they don't want people in their bubble so I ask permission and then I'm really cautious especially if it's a newer dog that I don't know I go slow and you know what I do that with humans too like I'm not gonna go deep in like right away I'm going to feel around. I'm going to pet. I'm going to be gentle with them. And I'm going to do some mobility stuff and make sure that they're relaxed with me. Mm-hmm. And I also get the owners to bring their favorite treats. So I do use bribes. <laughs> so it's the, oh successful have a couple with of dogs. <laughs> yeah, dogs are great. Cats, are, Cats are on the other hand, you just never know. Yep. <laughs> They're the unpredictable ones. Dogs, actually, you know what? I've had a couple of dogs that were really anxious at first. But you know what? It's the same thing as anything. You stroke, you're calm, you don't react to them. You're building that trust. You don't make it a, you build the trust and it's not, it's not a big deal. And you introduce them to it. And you know what? I always say to owners, I said, the treatment's a half hour, but you know what? It's up to the dog. If the dog says it's 10 minutes, It's 10 minutes and that's all we get this time. And then we'll try for 15 the next time. We'll try for 20 until we work up to that 30. So I go slow because it's their rights too. Like I'm never going to hold down a dog and say, okay, you must get this massage. Mm -hmm. Because you know what, how relaxing is that going to be? Like, Mm -hmm. and and it's hard on myself too. Holding down a like a hundred pound dog and trying to massage them when they don't want to be massaged. I'm going to get hurt. The dogs can get hurt. I got to protect myself too. So, Mm -hmm. and also those hundred pound dogs have teeth like this and (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to get bit. (laughs) Actually, it's funny because the big ones are always usually really good, but the little ones, they're the ones that are a little bit spicy. Oh yeah. Personality. Yeah, You just never know what you're going to get there. So you got to (laughs) go slow and, and enter their space at their time. But no, it's funny because some people have like two or three dogs so I'll start with the first dog work on them then that dog goes and passes out and then the next dog comes up and that dog passes out by the end there's just like a pile of dogs that's like in the middle of the <laughs> floor and it's like, you guys all relaxed um, <laughs> it's just like getting a human getting a massage it's like oh so relaxed and they just I sleep. love it it's great yeah it's great yeah. The next one usually wants to come back up. It's like, no, you've already had your turn. I can't feel me. <laughs> well, they're people too. They are I've people. all the
0: time here on this podcast, animals are people too.
2: Definitely. So- <laughs> and they all have their own personalities. And, and I think yes. some people forget that. Like dogs have their own personalities. Oh, they definitely do. How some are going to respond to a massage is going to be totally different than how another dog's going to respond. So- that's why I like to try and keep myself standard and what I do standard for the dogs. So I'm predictable. And I, okay. I think a lot of them like that predictability. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Animals thrive on routine and familiarity. So yeah. yeah.
2: And you know what? I have never got bit by our police dog. So I don't think I'm going to get bit. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> no, like, like, for some reason, dogs just gravitate towards me. So I take advantage of that. So mm. it works. That's it works good. for me.
1: The two dogs you have, do they get spoiled by you by getting lots of massages or?
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Of course. Of course they do. Yeah. Sometimes my husband gets jealous because they get more massages than he does. So Uh, no, it's funny. If they're having a bad day, they'll come over and they'll just they'll just turn around and show me like what's hurting. And it's funny because my daughter's dog is a seizure alert dog, but she can smell like pain and discomfort. So she'll come over and sniff the German Shepherd. And it's like, oh, she's sore there. And I'll rub there. And then she'll turn around and it'll be her turn. And I massage her. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Cause if I know my daughter's been working her dog a little bit more, I'll say here, bring her to me. She's walking a little bit funny and, and then I'll massage. And cause with the dogs, the same as people, like there's a certain gait they should have, like they should be walking the same way. And if you watch long enough, you can see like, there's a slight limp or there's a slight like turn of the hip or even the front paws don't land. Right. It's like, there's something wrong. And then you look and, and you feel and you find out where it is. And I don't know. I say I'm just lucky. I got one of the best jobs in the world, really. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah.
0: Of course, I'm hearing the word awareness. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Being aware of how your dog mm. moves will help you understand if there's an imbalance, if there's something wrong, and then they can call someone like yourself to help these animals thrive instead of just, just kind of
1: yeah
2: live. Yeah. Being in pain is not, it's not living. No, no, it's not. And a lot of people don't realize their dog's in pain until their dog is past that point of no return because they just, oh, that's the way he's always been. Well, should he be that way? Probably not. So I do the treatment part, but I also do a lot of preventative treatments for dogs. Like if I know the service dog community is working a little bit more because they do in the summertime, So the dogs are running around, they're outside also, because they're dogs, because they're not always working. So if they're like doing hikes, you need a massage, like, why shouldn't your dog need a massage? So if you hiked 10 kilometers, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't your dog need that? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to put in that perspective. It's the, if you're sore chances are they're sore. Like they have twice as many legs as you. They're climbing up that mountain. Mm -hmm. It's just as hard for them.
1: Yeah. It's not a normal thing for them. You know, if they were in the wild, they wouldn't be going for that kind of distance. They usually go for much shorter distances. So yeah, they're definitely going to feel that because it's just not a normal form of, not a normal thing for them. And that's the thing with dogs, like, I'm sure you guys know, they're
2: people pleasers, really, they they live to help us and give us joy. And if we're enjoying that walk up the hill they're going to say, you know what, I want to come too, because it would make you happy if I come and join you and we'll have a great time. And Mm. it's hard on them. Like Mm -hmm. they're always working for us. And Mm -hmm. we have to respect that and know that, that they need a break too every once in a while.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that could end up contributing to them being sore and uncomfortable after a hike like that too, is that I think there's a lot of people who don't bring enough water for their dog Mm -hmm. and as Mm -hmm. well they don't consider electrolytes because just like we need to have electrolytes when we're working out and sweating just regular water is not going to be sufficient no and like i didn't know dog sweat as much until
2: i got the german shepherd and a german shepherd sweats and you can smell it and it's a horrible smell it's very doggy Mm. So she's outside (laughs) and and she's sweating. I know that she's been working and doing stuff. And you kind of have to know that about your breed and be educated and what their limitations are Mm. and knowing your dog and watching your dog. And you see so many animals, dogs and cats, they do as much as possible, but then their body just fails. And it's sometimes if you took like a year back and said, you know what, if I fix this, then the dog wouldn't be. In the condition they are. Mm-hmm. So it's all about thinking about how would you treat yourself? Mm-hmm. They're your best friend, treat them the same way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about quite a bit on our show is having a pet health journal so that people can track what is going on with their animal. Cause like you said, they tend to hide their pain and discomfort because that's just a natural instinct for them it's a survival instinct for them and by the time most people realize that something is wrong it's already quite severe so we talk about having a pet health journal so that you can monitor their behaviors and how they're walking and their body condition and and all these different things So that they can have a much better idea when there's something going on and then they could bring them to somebody like you much more quickly. Mm -hmm. It's
2: always nice to know too, like, you know what, your dog's not going to go from a little bit of a limp to a full leg not functioning immediately, unless there's been some kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. If it's a slow thing, then you know what, it's something you probably could have caught a little bit sooner so you pet your dog and it's like oh they're a lot tighter than what they should be or they don't feel quite the same mm-hmm. um, because most of us are petting our animals quite frequently and sometimes you just have to be aware of oh that doesn't feel the same as what it did before maybe I'll, I'll keep an eye on that people don't think that way mm-hmm. I think they just say oh It's just the dog and they pet. Sometimes you need to kind of keep more of a hands-on the dog and kind of realize what you're petting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just do it for comfort, but you know what? Sometimes you have to go over your dog and make sure, like you're looking for no ticks anyway when you're you have them out for a hike. You're looking for like injuries, you're looking for like their pads, Mm -hmm. you're checking their nails. Feeling their muscles should be part of that routine also because. Most of the time, especially knee issues in bigger dogs can be prevented if they got treatment before. It actually, like an ACL, blew out. Right.
1: Yeah, and people could choose to do a little bit of massage on their animals themselves. I mean, obviously it's not going to be therapeutic, but it's going to be more of that relaxation where it's just soothing for them, but that would be a good way for them to be able to feel when something feels off.
0: Definitely. I do that with my cats all the time because I'm an energy practitioner, so I work with energy, but I don't have the ability or even have anybody nearby that I know of that does stuff like that. So I just do the minimum and my cats love it. Definitely. My cat Frankie passed away last year. It was his favorite thing is to get a little (laughs) tiny massage from his mama and Maisie. She's, she's really kind of skinny and almost underweight because the feline leukemia virus plus, but when I try to massage her, it's a different experience because she doesn't really have Mm -hmm. much fat over her muscles. So I focus more on her energy. So like I'll do like really long, Long yeah, a little bit hard sometimes just to kind of get the blood flowing and whatever.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And like every animal is different. Like some respond really well for like the heavy touching a lot more where other ones are more delicate and don't like that at all. And then they, mm-hmm. you can feel it in them, like how they respond, their tissue, like you'd almost feel them tense up if they don't like it. It's, and it's all about paying attention to what your pet is feeling and
1: mm-hmm.
2: awareness, <laughs> a lot yeah. of awareness. Yeah. <laughs> <Again, laughs> a lot of people say, oh, it's, it seems like it should be so obvious and it, but it's not. And it's not, it, it's um. so sometimes the, well, I didn't know he was limping he's dragging his foot. Like, how could you not know he was slipping? Uh, but you know, what? I guess if you're walking beside mm-hmm. your dog, you don't really watch him from the, the back end. And-
1: <laughs> well, a lot of people are on their phones with it. We that too. so that's <laughs> true. Like how many
2: times do you see people in the dog park and their dogs running around and they're on their phone the whole time mm-hmm. being aware and letting giving your dog some attention just like you would your kids like you should be paying attention to your kids when you take them to the park it's you pay attention to your dog when you take them to the park like how do you know if they're being treated well by other dogs yeah. or what type of playmate your dog really needs <laughs> instead of three dogs beating up on them and you want to make sure that he's responding well to it or if he really hates the dog park try something else with them so you should be watching them yeah yeah
0: from your mouth to our listeners ears
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I was actually at the dog park last weekend and my partner and I sat at this bench that was in the dog park where all the dogs are running around. And this dog just kind of casually came over to us and just decided to sit down in front of us with its side facing us and it was just it was not begging or anything like that, but we just kind of started petting it and and it was just it didn't really give any emotion. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to take this.
2: That's yeah. like it's okay.
1: But but we're looking around going, okay, who's the owner of this dog? Nobody seemed to be paying any attention to this dog. And it's like, he sat there for, I don't know, five to 10 minutes with us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I know sometimes you think, did you bring yourself to the dog yeah, park? Right. Because you're, <laughs> because, um i don't see anyone around (laughs) it's like you should have someone with you yeah it's like seeing a three-year-old just wandering the park by himself that should be concerning (laughs) (laughs) but eh, you know human nature No, it's, we can't take the police dog to the park because she doesn't respond well to other dogs. Mm. She's used to being separated and she's there to protect the human. So if another dog comes up to me, she reacts. So I don't put her in that situation. I just, it's not fair to her. It's I just say, okay, we'll go for a walk and we'll try and avoid dogs and, and we'll kind of go from there. And we have a good backyard that she can go and play free play. And it's what she enjoys. If she went to the dog park, she would not enjoy it because she'd be barking all the time and she'd be on alert all the time. It's not fair to her. Mm-hmm. But when I go as my daughter's dog, i watch all the other dogs and I'll say to my daughter, they have an ACL issue. Uh, they have a hip <laughs> issue. They have a spine <laughs> issue. And then my daughter says, oh, really? I said, it's all my fault. I can just see it. And of course, someone' <laughs> are walking through the mall, and I do that with humans too. It's like, oh, they should get that hip fixed because that's really bad. It's like my husband.
0: My husband oh does my that God. too. He's a personal trainer, and he does functional training, so he can like look at somebody's yeah, body and say, "Yeah, you're having a shoulder problem. That's yeah, <laughs> probably your opposite knee that's causing that.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes I've actually gone up to people and say this is going to sound really creepy, but I am a massage therapist. You really need to get that fixed because you're going to blow out your ankle. Because <laughs> sometimes like they're doing something that's really bad and it's like, oh, you got to get that fixed. And they'll say, here's my card. You don't have to call me, no pressure, but you want to get that looked at somehow, somewhere. And it's like, you just need to get that fixed. And I'll do that with dogs too. Sometimes I'll see dogs that are running and they're running. just, kind of off and it's like okay there's something wrong and then I'll watch them for a while and oh darn I had to go up to their owner and say they have a bad knee you're gonna have to get that checked (laughs) and you know what like most of the time people it's the oh really I didn't notice your dog's running just on the one side there's something wrong oh should I take him to the vet yeah, maybe for x-rays and see what's happening. I said, I am a massage therapist. I do deal with dogs. You can come bring them to me. I can check him right now, see if it's anything that's bad. And it's the you'll do it here. Yeah, I can't let the dog go on like that. So I'll usually help people in the park. And then I had like four <laughs> or five dogs gathered around. It's like, oh my Lord. And then I never get out of the dog park. My daughter <laughs> says, can we just go now? It's like, mm. so they got two more in line here. So yeah. I give up. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you found your calling. I do enjoy what I do. Did And, and it's, it's very important to me. And mm. I like the giving aspect of my job, but you know what I, I receive just as much like from my canine clients to my human clients. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause when I go away on vacation, I get text messages from my clients saying, when are you coming back? Or I can't wait to see you again. Can I book now for when you're back? It's kind of nice being missed and they realize that I am part of their daily treatment in their health. And I prevent them from getting really sick. And I, and I do enjoy that. I love that. And it makes me feel good. So whatever I do give with massage
1: therapy, I do get back. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you volunteer with a lot of shelters as well, you've said here. Mm-hmm. I know when we talked before, you said you also do some work with abused animals. To help them process emotional trauma.
2: Yes, someone usually someone gets a dog from a shelter. I was about to say someone from the shelter gets a dog from the shelter. It's funny because I see them more as humans sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you're our kind of people uh, someone, someone gets <laughs> someone from the shelter you never know really what you're getting because you don't know what that dog's been through or the cat's been through so they always have some baggage like even if they haven't been like physically abused they may have been neglected they might have been mentally abused so they have some stuff and they might not like being touched they might not like doing things so sometimes like more or less just calm the nervous system on these dogs and make sure that they are feeling that they're in the right space and that they're safe and like there's some dogs that won't let you pet their bellies and it's like there's a reason like they have been hit kicked just like like people they can hold trauma in their stomach so you have to help them slowly release it and because with like humans we're always like curled up in a fetal position because that protects our core. Our core is where we have a lot of our emotions and dogs are the same way. Like dogs are going to protect themselves and all the major organs are in that core area. So they're going to protect that as much as possible. So you have to kind of slowly open them up and to touch. And, and I do work with like a lot of the, um, the owners and say, okay, this is what you want to do. This is what the kind of touch you want to introduce. And it has to be slow. It has to, you have to do it on your terms and on your time and on the pet's time and ask permission. I said, you can't just roll them over on their back and say, here, I'm going to pet you now. You have to take your time mm-hmm. and, and give those pets the opportunity and it's so dealing with abused animals like ones that have been hurt if they've had broken limbs or spine issues like massage can do so much for those animals and through touch they learn that humans aren't all bad and giving them the opportunity to be nicer mm-hmm. and you know what like even those shelter dogs that have been hurt and abused I've never been bit because I've respected that animal space mm-hmm. and you go slow and you treat them like they're a person really. Cause you wouldn't walk up to a human that was abused and say, here, let me rub your belly. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat them with the same respect mm-hmm. as you would a human because they are just as valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes to show you how important respecting the animal is respecting their space. Respecting their personality, respecting their history, their natural behaviors as well. They're people too. They have the same, they get affected by the same traumas that we do. It might be slightly different, but it's not that different. And so the respect mm-hmm. ends up mm-hmm. going both ways when you respect them because they end up respecting you.
2: Yeah. And like, it's, it doesn't have to be a power struggle. It, it just has to be a mutual respect. And that means, you know what, you don't want to come out of your cage today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll come back to you. Yeah. And you have to respect like what their limitations are. Cause you don't know what they're mentally dealing with because they can't verbalize it mm-hmm. growling and protecting themselves, leaving themselves in a crate. That's where they, they feel safe. they're not ready to come out, they're not ready to come out. You can't pull them out because it's going to make the trauma even worse for them than it did before.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Especially in the shelter, because a lot of those animals are already in a fear response to begin with. Yeah.
2: And they're like all scared. Wouldn't you be scared if you're suddenly locked in a prison and you've never been locked in a prison before? And now all of a sudden, like there's like a whole bunch of people trying to do good things for you, but they don't understand. So the stress of it, and I don't think people sometimes mm. remember that our animals can have as much stress as we do. They just display it differently. So they have anxiety, they have stress, they have mental disorders. You think about it, like, you see a lot of people right now, like people returning to the office after two years of being at home with their dog and their dog is stressed out. Well, they're used to having someone there, they're lonely mm-hmm. and they just mm. don't understand like you were there all the time and now you're gone. And and massage can actually help with that quite a bit, like bringing down that anxiety level. And I talked to a lot of owners Mm -hmm. saying, you know what, the time you spend with your dog needs to be quality time if you're going back to work. So you don't come home and just watch TV, have dinner, go to bed. You have to play with your dog. You have to do the stuff Mm -hmm. with your dog so they know that it's just a new schedule. They do their doggy thing during the day while you're at work. And then you come home and you give them the same amount of love and attention then you can do massage with them. I, I show owners like, okay, this is how you want to stroke. This is what you want to do. So the dog knows you're still engaged with them. Mm-hmm. It's just different now. And you have to give them mm-hmm. that time because you know what? Going back to the office for humans is really hard. It's just as hard for our animals. And I think people need to remember that a lot of the reactions that some of these animals have had with excessive barking, mm-hmm. with biting, they're just anxious and they just don't know what's going on, like having accents in the house and they've never had accents before. It's stress mm-hmm. and anxiety and looking for attention. Just like kids, negative attention is better than no attention, right? You're dealing with a, a child, really. They're a baby and you have to think of them as mm-hmm. that and they're vulnerable and you have to protect them as much as possible. Yeah,
1: I find it unfortunate when... People have animals and I hear comments from them. I remember one person I heard was like, oh, well, my cat doesn't behave the way I think it should behave. It doesn't really want attention from me and it doesn't want to cuddle. And it's like, what's wrong with this cat? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And it's more of a blame thing. Shaking my head, rolling <laughs> my eyes. Yeah, because you hear that a lot, especially with
2: cats, because it's that people have a certain image of the perfect cat in their head. And cats are... They have very strong personalities and they have their likes and dislikes. And you know what? They're just like people, really short, furry people. Like they have strong personalities and they tell you. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like to cuddle. Like humans don't like Mm -hmm. to cuddle. Why would, do you expect your cat to always want to cuddle? Like someone doesn't want you always in their face. (laughs) So it's like, why would, what do you think your cat wants to be like right here? It's like.
0: Yeah. I always attract animals that are very similar to me. So I myself, not a (laughs) cuddler and I've never had a cuddling cat. (laughs) Now they'll have moments, you know, my Maisie, who is pretty much that big personality in a seven pound body. (laughs) I get five minutes of cuddle time, like early in the morning and right before we go to bed. And that's pretty much it.
2: And you're lucky for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: I just accept it. I'm just grateful I had that moment because that's not her natural personality. She likes to kind of do her own thing, and she's very social. Once she wakes up and figures out my husband went to bed, she's gonna be in here. Yeah, because she's gonna realize she's all by herself. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean she wants to be touched and picked up and, and cuddled all the time. I
2: always relate to dogs or like three to five-year-olds cats are like teenagers <laughs> so they don't they don't like to be touched they don't want to be manhandled that is so they, true. Don't want really, they don't really want you to talk to them and if you ignore them they're okay and if you ignore them they might actually come <laughs> over that's how i see cat it's oh yeah yeah it's the, it's gonna be on their terms yeah. not on yours yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: very much teenager
2: behavior <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, that is so true.
0: It just, it paints that perfect picture of what a cat really is. But
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of that misunderstanding and it's something that I also didn't understand in the beginning. It's only in the last little while that I've really come to understand more about their true nature and their personal space and just all about respecting them. And so I think it's just something that a lot of people just need to develop an understanding about and hopefully become more open-minded to that understanding. I think it
2: is coming along because with us being stuck in the house with our animals and having to understand them a little bit better and how their cycles work and what they actually do during the day, I think people are starting to be a little bit more Mm open-minded because now I do get a lot of questions on, oh, you do pet massage, do you? I said, yeah. And that's the, like, tell me about it. I've had more people ask me about pet massage than actually about human massage. Cause everyone knows what human massage is, mm-hmm. but pet massage, everyone's like, what do you do for that? Do you just pet? Them <laughs> no, no, there's, there's certain <laughs> techniques and Sometimes I do pet them, but it's, it's certain techniques and, and I want to make sure that they're feeling good and I treat them the same way as I would a human. And I had someone ask me, I said, do you put the dog on the table? Well, it depends on how big the dog is. And this guy says, yeah, I have like a uh, like 150 pound King Shepherd. Would you put him on the table? <laughs> no. I said, I'll actually come down to him. And being on his terms, I said, because he's not going to be comfortable on the table. I'm not going to trust him on the table because he's going to jump and roll and, and bad things will happen. I said, I want to make sure he's protected. I'm protected and we don't have any issues. So I come down to him. Oh, well, that makes sense. It's like, no, no, I, I lift this dog up onto this table <laughs> just because just uh, I just don't want to bend over or sit on the floor. And I said, no, I said, I sit on the floor with the dog. But if they're little, I bring them up to my level if they're jumping and and running all over the place, I'm going to keep them where they're safe. Mm -hmm. And so people usually want to find out more details about it because people find it interesting because it's the, yeah, I can prevent a vet bill. Mm. I don't know if you guys know this, but dogs are big fakers. (laughs) Yes, they are. So are cats. Yeah, so are cats.
0: I have a drama queen. Yeah,
2: (laughs) so they'll say that something's hurting and they'll like be dragging their leg. And it's like, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with this dog honest. Three to five-year-old trying to get attention. <laughs> yep, that's about it. I had a client who says, the vet says I need to do the surgery on my dog. Can you tell me what's wrong with them before I do the surgery? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come take a look and see what ha- happens. And I'll do a massage. And I said, if there's anything, I'll tell you, yes, take him to the vet, do what you have to do. And he says, I just don't want to pay for the surgery right away. It's expensive. It's a, it's a knee surgery. And then I come into the house and the dog runs to the door. I'm thinking, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this dog. No. Okay, let me feel. It's like, there's no heat. There's no nothing. It's like, it's a little tight, nothing major. Just maybe an achy muscle or something. I said, have you changed anything? Oh, well, he's been at the doggy daycare because we went away on a weekend. So we left him there. And then when we brought him home, he was limping. I said, oh, I said, he's a faker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I said, did your vet do like any x-rays, MRI, anything like that, that I could see? Oh, no, no. They just said that he had an knee issue and that he'll probably need surgery. Mm. And it's like, no. I said, he's a faker. <laughs> I said, stand over by the door, take a treat, it's something he really likes. Right. Stand over there, watch him run. And he ran. It was a, like a chocolate lab. <laughs> so you know, it's food driven. <laughs> so he runs for it. And it's like, she says, the limp is gone. You fixed him. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, he wasn't broken. Really? I said, no. Well, why would the vets say that I needed this done? I don't know. I said, I can't comment on that. But there's nothing <laughs> wrong with him, he's a faker. And then yeah. it's like
0: another story is how quickly a vet or even a doctor for us humans will just jump the gun mm-hmm. and say it's something when they haven't done right. appropriate testing. Yeah, and they they just think, well, I'm a doctor. I went to school.
2: I know better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you we see that all the time, and I don't want to say anything bad about the vets or the doctors I know because vets are important they are very important and you know what like dogs need to go cats need to go like it's it's important to keep them healthy however I think it's just like doctors where uh, someone will go in and say oh my leg hurts yeah oh here take a pain pill Mm -hmm. Mm. it'll feel better it feels better but it doesn't solve the issue right so how is that going to make it better in the long run It's really not, you need to actually treat it properly
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: do physio, do massage, do chiro, whatever works for you. And it's just an extension
0: of a broken healthcare system all around. Yeah. You know, we are so far past the doctors who made house calls and only had a few clients at a time. So they can really devote a lot of attention. Now with the way healthcare is all around the world, these doctors, number one, are overworked veterinarians are overworked Mm -hmm. especially with animals there's so many people now that are bringing animals into their homes so there's more of a need for the service and you know they gotta see so many animals a day Mm -hmm. and it makes sense but it also shows us that there's no market I guess you can say or time to solve the source of the problem. So we just treat the symptoms.
1: Yeah. Well, when you're only getting 15 minute appointments, it's like you can't do a whole lot in that time. No, you can't. No,
0: no. Our doctors are overworked. Our veterinarians are overworked, mm-hmm. especially now with the pandemic. Vets are, oh my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just so overworked and they are so overtaxed and overstressed. I feel for them. I really do because veterinary care is so vitally important, but we're losing that focus on the patient.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Definitely. And you know what? Like right now I work with one vet and I have two that I'm getting ready to work with because they starting to see the value of me actually treating them for something like rehab related and prevention. Then for them just to say, here, have an operation, but they don't have time to do the operation. So then just pushes it out so much further and then pushes those urgent clients so Mm -hmm. much further. Like the one vet I work with, she actually sees how valuable mine can be too, because I'm not going to do anything that hurts a dog. And she knows that if I find something, I'm going to tell her. And I'm going to tell the client too, saying, no, massage is not going to be good for this. And I refer back to the vet. It allows that vet to have that time mm-hmm. and kind of gives that buffer so they're not as overtaxed as they could be. Yeah, And then I have another two vets in the wings that I just have to figure out my time and because I like to treat everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It just goes back to that holistic health approach, Mm -hmm. integrating everything. Traditional allopathic veterinarian can work with massage therapists and acupuncturist, you know, an energy practitioner. It is so much better for the animal. And it also provides an integration within the industry. Exactly, Mm -hmm. Which everybody benefits from.
2: Definitely. And you know what? It's a lot cheaper to see me than to see a vet. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know what? You're going to see me for three times for the same price that seeing the vet. So it's a better solution for you because the vet bills in, I know here are are crazy. For just a checkout, it's like $200 right there. And they really spend like that 10, 15 minutes with your animal and then kick you out the door. And I get to spend at least a half hour with that animal three times. So I actually learn what's normal for that dog, what's not normal for that dog, and kind of give advice from there. Mm -hmm. So I can actually give more information to the vet and the owner than just the vet seeing them for 10, 15 minutes. Mm
1: -hmm. I have one last question to ask, and that's if somebody is looking for a massage therapist, either for themselves or for their pet, would there be certain things that they should look for, questions that they should ask to determine whether the massage therapist is a good fit for them. I'm thinking more like going past their certifications and things like that. I would think
2: sometimes it's actually reading websites, social media. A lot of massage therapists have social media accounts, looking at Google reviews and making sure that they're good Google reviews and seeing what they've done for other people so if someone says oh i went for with a headache and they fixed this up really well and and i really enjoyed my treatment and it was a good treatment and they helped me when no one else has That's going to be a good Google review. Mm -hmm. If they just said good massage, not so valuable. It's just kind of there. Right. So you want to look at those reviews. You want to see if that massage person is going to be a good fit for you. You're going to also want to look to make sure that their personality fits you. There's nothing worse than going in for a massage because you're in a vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you're comfortable and it's the type of person you want to be with. So a lot of my clients like to talk except for the dogs, of course. Well, some of them do, but <laughs> I'm probably more of a talker because I like to communicate with my clients, like stuff mm. I feel, mm. or I'll ask them questions. Like, why does your leg feel like this? Like, what have you been doing? Did you have an accident? What's happened? Mm-hmm. So I'll ask clients, but if you just want relaxation massage, you're going to look for someone who's, it was quiet. It was relaxing. It, it was very nice. It was spa-like, but if you're looking for someone who's wants to treat you or treat your animal, you're going to say they're great with treating, they're responsive, I can get in because there's nothing like you need a massage, but they're fully booked and you can't get in for a month. Mm. That's horrible. I don't ever have my schedule booked so tight that I can't fit someone in if there's an emergency. Mm. And I like to run my schedule that way. Also, it kind of gives me the breaks that I need so my body doesn't hurt. And then I give a good treatment. If I'm sick Mm. or not feeling well, or I'm sore, I give a lousy treatment. I know I do. So I want to make sure that everyone's treated. The first massage of the day I give is going to be the same or better. The last massage I give, I'm not going to just say, Oh God, this is my fifth one of the day. Sixth one of the day. Oh, I'm just calling this one in. I'll just do relaxation, even though you asked for treatment. And I'm going to make sure that I can fully do that treatment for that client and make sure that they're treated hundred percent. And I do that with my dogs, too. Like, I I make sure that my schedule allows for good time in between. Also, you're going to want to make sure that place is clean. Mm -hmm. You don't think of those things. Mm -hmm. You just assume. But... I've walked into places and it's like, oh, this is this is pretty sketchy. Mm. You want to make sure, and then you want to make sure that they're professional. You want mm. to make sure that they have they're checking your medical information, that they're just not because there's certain conditions that can make worse if you massage them. Mm. And I've had to turn clients away saying, oh, I can't massage you. That's not ethical. And you want to make sure that that massage therapist has the ability to say, you know what, it's not right for me to treat you. Mm. And I've done that with animals. I've done that with like, I'll feel a dog and it's like, oh, there's something seriously wrong. I can't treat them because I'll make it worse. And it's funny because everyone says, well, you're just throwing money away, but I'm protecting that animal. I'm protecting that client. I find if I'm honest enough to tell a client, say, I can't treat you because I'm going to make you worse. Most of the time they respect me enough and they come back or they referred people to me because I have actually been honest enough with them to say, I can't. And that's what you're looking for in a massage therapist, someone who can be honest with you you can be honest with them and there's that trust and respect
1: right that's a really good point to know because i wasn't aware of integrity i make sense but i just wasn't really aware that there were certain conditions that massage could make worse so i don't think i've ever i mean i haven't gone to a lot of massages but the most i've ever really been given is one of those sheets where you circle where the pain is yep. and i think maybe there was a few other questions and then maybe there was some health questions like if there was any health condition i was dealing with or something like that, but I I really have no idea how knowledgeable these people really were.
2: Yeah. Like I've had people walk in saying, say, I went on vacation. And I had a few blood clots when I got back. Um, no, I can't treat you. And it's the, well, why? You release a blood clot. You can't get kill- right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what it's like. I could actually kill you. I've actually had to turn someone away and they got upset, but it's like, I'm trying to save your life. Cause I can min- massage that blood clot right into your brain and your lung And it's like, no, I can actually kill you. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. Oh, it's only a small one. Well, the vessels in your brain are quite small. And if they get a blood clot in there, I'm going to cause a stroke. I'm not doing it. It wouldn't be good for me. My thinking is I don't want to cause more harm to someone by massaging them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather send them away. I've had mothers bring their teenage sons into me because they fell at a basketball tournament and they didn't want to sit in the waiting room. All that time, and their son was really sore and could barely breathe. But brought him in for massage, and it's like, why? I look at the kid, and it's like, does it hurt to breathe? Yes. Why are you here? Well, my mom brought me, and I kind of feel around. Like I don't treat him. It's like I feel around. I said, you have like a broken rib. I said, I can't massage you. He says, well, why? I said, because I can take that broken rib, put it through your lung by just putting a little bit of pressure on it. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I said, you need to go to urgent care or the hospital and get that looked at and at least taped I said I can't I can't massage you and then I told the mom and she says well I thought it was easier just coming in for a massage than taking him to the doctor it's like mm-hmm. yeah and I see that mm-hmm. with animals too it's the the dog can't put any pressure the dog's dragging their paw so there's some issue with like the muscle or there's a nerve pinched or cut and the dog's paws drooping it's like well how long has this been happening oh about three days it's why is he here? Take him to the vet. I said, I cannot help that. I said, if it is a nerve pinched, I can actually sever that nerve and that dog will never walk again. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, if your foot was dragging on the floor and you weren't able to move it, I said, where would you go? The hospital? Wouldn't you do that with your animal? Sometimes common sense is it's a very important. Yeah.
1: And that's probably why it would also make more sense for them to call you first and say, this is what is going on. Is a massage okay for this? Instead of booking an appointment and going through all of that mm-hmm. first place.
2: Yeah. Most of the time, like I'd say 80% of the time, a client's going to respect me more if I say, Mm. I can't treat you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think
0: people realize how complicated and complex massage therapy actually is. Mm -hmm. You have to go to school to be a massage therapist. There are muscles that you have to learn. There's a lot of anatomy you have to learn. There's a lot about the body, whether it's canine, feline, or human, that you need to know. It's not just like rubbing somebody's shoulders after a bad day, especially with your work, because you do more therapeutic massage. And so you're going a little bit deeper. People don't realize how focused treatment that massage actually is. Mm-hmm. They just think it's like, yeah, it's just a massage. Well, hopefully, this podcast will change people's mind because massage is such an important role mm-hmm. in keeping ourselves healthy, but it's not a fluffy fairy yep. thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of therapeutic and medical benefits to it. And you have to work and behave mm-hmm. in a way that is in integrity. Mm-hmm. And working with doctors, mm-hmm. it's
2: so important. Again, that integration. Yeah. Integration is very important. And one thing I had to learn when I first got out of massage school was Don't be scared to refer out. You can't fix everything. Sometimes you need someone else's help and specialty Mm -hmm. to actually fix a client. If you don't have a therapist that is willing to refer out or give you a suggestion, Mm -hmm. then they're probably not the right therapist, Mm -hmm. especially if you're going for treatment. Mm -hmm. Knowing your limitations and your scope of work and knowing when it's time to say, I can't fix this. This is who you should go see. And that therapist having those relationships with other professionals to be able to refer out. Mm
1: -hmm. There's one other thing too, that I think people need to consider. And that this is for my own personal thing is the environment. For myself, when I'm getting a massage, I want to be in an environment that feels relaxing. Even if I'm getting a therapeutic one that may not be all that relaxing, I still want to be in a relaxing environment, maybe having some soft music playing or maybe somewhat dimmed light or something, you know, not like a bright bright fluorescent light (laughs) (laughs) shining right on top of me. (laughs) It's a hard word sometimes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and there's nothing worse than turning over in a massage and having like a spotlight above you. Like that's just so wrong. My facility that I have, my office, I have dim lights, I have music playing. And it's also to keep my mind focused on what I'm doing. Because if I had complete silence, I think I'd go nuts in the day. So if I have music running, at least it's something to keep mm-hmm. my mind going while I'm working away. And music's actually really helpful for that because then it's it kind of gets the brain going. So if I'm fixing something, it's the kind of watching and mm-hmm. then it helps me with timing, mm-hmm. it helps me with a lot going on. And also, you know what? I Mm don't want to work under those bright lights all day either. And I always joke to my clients saying I keep it dark so I can have a nap while I'm massaging them. (laughs) But but you know what? Sometimes it happens, especially like if I'm concentrating on something, I'll get thinking and my eyes will close. I've had clients say to me, are you sleeping? No, I'm not sleeping. I'm just thinking. So I can't think with my eyes open. And I'm feeling through my hands anyway. I said, you know what? I could be blindfolded. And Do the same massage as what I do any other time. Hmm. I said, I just use it for like draping and um, making sure I have you on the right side. And I said, you'll watch me count the ceiling tiles. I'll I'll be looking away because I'm not actually looking so much. Mm -hmm. I'll do a first assessment. I'll look to make sure like there's no skin issues. There's no crazy looking moles anything like that. But after that, if I'm feeling and I'm working, I'm more hands-on and I don't even look anymore. So if it's dark in there, <sighs> That's fine. I don't need to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think soundproofing to some extent is also good, like not 100%, but like my partner, he's going to this place for a massage. And he told me that when he goes, he can hear what's going on outside the other room, like he can hear talking and banging and whatever else. And I'm like, how is that relaxing? <laughs> it's not. I've worked in those places and it's like, you can hear
2: every conversation and then there's something really inappropriate usually in the other room and you say I'm sorry that you shouldn't hear that (laughs) or they're just talking about all their issues and it's like I'm assuming
0: that something like that would be in one of those for lack of a better term assembly line massage parlors where they're just trying to book as many people as they can and they're just really busy
2: yeah the walls are thin or Mm -hmm. there's people in the hallway all the time and It's funny because it's like, it's so important to have that relaxation. And if someone drops like a a hot stone on the floor and you hear it slide, it scares you. Like as a massage therapist, it scares you. But if you're like in that relaxation state, people jump like really high off the table. It's like, (laughs) sorry, that wasn't me. (laughs) But you know, sometimes you hear something drop and and you jump. And I personally, I jump in almost anything because I get into the zone, I'm working and then something falls. And I jump and I usually have an elbow in someone, which isn't always the best thing. So it's like, (laughs) uh, it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just speared you with my elbow. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And then I had to kind of pet, relax again and then go back to what I was doing. But no, it's important to be relaxed and be in a place where you're comfortable. Like some people are comfortable with that noise and it's what they're used to. And because that's how they've always had massages. Mm-hmm. and so they're used to that but mm-hmm. I like they're like quiet so I, I had yeah. a painting fall off the wall the other day and I almost had a heart attack and it's like oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah it's like the heart's going <laughs> Yeah, I think those things are very beneficial for animals too like even the music
2: mm-hmm. I actually have a playlist for my dog clients that come oh, really in. yeah so I do a search and it's like dog classical music and it has some of the the lower notes and the higher notes that us humans can't hear but the dogs Mm. can hear and a lot of times that does bring them down quite a bit and relaxes them and I don't know I even put it on in the car sometimes with the the German shepherd she's like stressed out from driving and she's barking and everything I put the dog classical music on and it it calms her right down Mm. it's it's so important they they do need that to come down because Mm -hmm. some dogs like if you're I have two Australian shepherd dogs that I massage and they're like all over the place. Like, mm. I get one leg and then I get the other leg, and then it's, <laughs> it's, it's fast. But if I can calm them down, everything's good.
1: Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any other questions to ask. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I've really enjoyed our time here,
2: and I'd be more than happy to talk anytime that you guys need someone to talk about dogs and relaxation and, and massage and all the good things that uh, I can help with, with dogs. I'm happy to come back at any point. Well, we
0: would love to have you back. (laughs) This has been very fun. And I hope you listeners have enjoyed this as well. Maybe
1: learned a few things. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> See, so that's kind of what we do here at the Animal Files. <laughs> so, if you'd like to connect with Teresa and you know maybe get a massage from her for yourself or for your pet, she's in Calgary, Alberta, and her company again is called Freya Wellness Massage. You can find her website at Freya Wellness dot com. That's F R E Y J a wellness.com, but we will have that in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. You can also find her on Facebook. She's got a Facebook business page. You can find her on LinkedIn and you can find her on Instagram. And we will also have all of that in the show notes as well.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. This has been a lot of fun. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank
2: you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Have a great night. Bye.
2: Take care. Bye. Hope you all
0: enjoyed that. That was a really great interview. We had so much fun talking to Teresa and we will have all of the information you need in the show notes. So make sure you go back and look at them and look her up and learn more about her. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, we would more than love it. And if you want to reach out to us with any other topics that you want to see on the podcast, you can reach out to us by going to our email, podcast at gmail.com. You can also grab us on the socials on Facebook, where our Facebook page is The Animal Files Official. It is also our handle for Instagram, The Animal Files Official, and We have a patron. So if you want to support independent radio and podcasts, you're welcome to become a patron over there. That is patron.com slash the animal files official and Twitter is the animal files. Gosh, I have so much information for you. The website is the animal files podcast.com. I think I covered it all. I think you did cover it all. (laughs) (laughs) I just went on a rant there. If you do a search for the Animal Files podcast, you will find us everywhere. We also have merch. So if you go to the website, animalfilespodcast.com, you can even buy t-shirts, mugs, notebooks. We get a bunch of stuff for you. Stickers, magnets. So we would love to have you support the show. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.